I don't know if I've stuck with anything for like years and years to say, ooh, that is part of the secret sauce. I don't know if there is a secret sauce other than like what we've talked about at length of just, hey, you got to get up, put your work boots on and get to work every day. You got to show up in the gym and then the rest, you know, then you'll do the workout. The rest takes care of itself. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Bootstrapping Sass to Millions. I'm Mike. This is Kevin. And today, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about all the shit we're not doing that everyone on Twitter and in the tech world says you need to do to be successful. And some of the things we do do that um, are healthy habits that we kind of believe in. And not exactly like our core philosophies and principles episode, but um, maybe pumping the brakes a little on some of this, you have to cold plunge and meditate every day to be successful. So the foundation of this, I think, came from, um, you know, a few months back, I read a couple tweets from this guy, Chris Bakke, B-A-K-K-E. He's pretty hilarious on Twitter. He He's a founder that had an exit, but he, he does a lot of shit posting. And a lot of times he'll kind of make fun of the traditional Silicon Valley mold that makes everyone feel like they're failing if they don't fit. And so he had a post about this. So that was the initial thought I had, but then you and I talked about, um, what were we talking about yesterday? We talked about something else that made us want to jump into this. I don't remember. It's not important. I think the, the important thing is that yes, a lot of these guys that you're listening to, they probably created their perfect morning routine long after they were successful. And it's easy for like, Naval Ravikant to be saying, oh, yeah, I get up at 5 a.m. every day and work out. He has like different luxuries than most of us have. And I think we found that we didn't need to have all of these morning routines and everything so dialed in to get to where we're at. And we hope that's an encouraging message to everybody that's saying, oh, my life's messy. My life doesn't fit into these nice routines. Um, for example, I didn't sleep last night. My wife is sick. She was sick. She she was throwing up diarrhea all night. And then my oldest daughter, right as I was drifting off to sleep, threw up in her bed and then was throwing up for the rest of the night. And so we basically spent the night in the bathroom and I was alternating between tending to her, checking in my wife, and then making sure my two-year-old was getting some sleep. And that's like normal because the whole time we've been building this company, I've had young kids. And I think there's a sense of like, yeah, you do what you can when it comes to working out, when it comes to um, getting away, slowing it down. But a lot of times you just got to get up and keep doing the work. What did you tell yourself or what was that inner dialogue like to not beat yourself up over living a fully optimized lifestyle? Gosh, like back then, like when we were getting going, I don't, I don't even remember that being necessary. Like we were people that were used to working out and I know we started working out less, but I don't know, like I, some mornings I would just roll out of bed, sit down on the computer chair and get to work. There was no morning routine. It was like, I'll work until I get hungry. And when I'm hungry, I'll go grab some food or maybe my wife brought me down some food and, and then I just keep working. And I don't think there was this like luxury to say, I'm going to get up, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to focus. Like, yeah, we, I think I thought about things. I thought about, you know, what we're going to do the next day as I was drifting off to sleep. But like, yeah, I don't think you need this rigid morning routine to necessarily do good work in general. What do you say to those types that are constantly seeking to optimize? I think we have we know a few. We have a few friends that probably come to mind of ones that 
they're always seeking for the next thing that's going to make everything right or make everything better. That feels exhausting, but like, I want to hear your take on that. Like on one hand, I get it, right? Like the engineer mindset, I get it because I want to make every system and subsystem a little better. And to an extent, I'm a, I'm a victim of that mentality. You know, I, I bought a cold plunge last, last year to say, hey, maybe this will make my body age a little better. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how to, to answer that because a part of me does think it's good to try and improve things. But the other part of me is also saying, hey, you do what you can. You got to have grace and kindness to yourself. You're going to miss workouts some days. You're not going to get great sleep. And that's okay. You can still do good work. And I think that's like a maybe but the flip side of saying I got to do all these things right is like a limiting belief that if I don't, I'm not going to be able to do good work. And I think that's where it gets dangerous. Yes, exactly. The beating yourself up over it. What's your thoughts? What's your take on all that? It's hard not to brain get brainwashed over it because, you know, everyone you listen to and follow, they're in very different places. And so I think it is important to hear founders in, in the grind, in the journey in the first couple of years because – yeah, it's not as clean and pretty as it looks on Twitter and Instagram. So it's the whole, I think it's all caught up in social media of everyone wanting to sound like they have it figured out. And so I think even just talking about it and normalizing, oh yeah, there was weeks where I didn't work out and ate like shit and felt really out of shape and then started to feel a little depressed like throughout the journey. Lots of ups and downs like that for both of us. So it's fun to try things, but not letting yourself feel like a failure if you don't stick with it. That's the hardest part is how I guarantee everyone listening has tried to journal or meditate or stretch every morning and you break the streak. I think the habits of like zooming out to saying, okay, am I doing this a couple times a week? Am I doing this once a week? Like setting the bar maybe a little lower. <laughs> oh, that was the thing. We were chatting with some a friend of ours that he's a founder of a company. He's doing all right, but he was just talking about how like every important person in history like meditated and journaled and did all this. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that. I think there's plenty of people and maybe we're not trying to be important people in history, but I think to, to get some a level of success, you don't need to have all these things dialed in. What oh, that's, a good, that's a good point. I want to, for one second. So like, I don't want to discount someone if they're trying to become an important person in history, if you're trying to become the next Elon Musk, maybe you should commit to, you have to probably do those things every day for a long time. Maybe not. But like, if you think that's part of the journey and like making yourself the best version of yourself to fully optimize, it's hard to tell someone they, they shouldn't aim for it because some people do it and succeed. Yeah. And I'm sure there's benefits. And I think, you know, for most of my twenties, I journaled questionable results. You know, I look back and a lot of it is just like kind of the same problems that I'm writing about over and over and maybe making incremental progress on I question if I didn't write about it for a half hour every day if it would have been any different um so what do you have any semblance of a routine right now in your life no um I go to bed about at the same time maybe that's it so I'm trying to me and my wife are trying to be in bed at least by nine o'clock and again luxury of not having young kids you know my daughter's 15 so Oh, and I eat oatmeal every morning. <laughs> so now, so that you got me on that kick. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, exactly. It lasts until it doesn't. But yeah, I think right now it's get into bed at a reasonable hour, 
oatmeal, a cup of coffee or two. But again, if I'm really tired, maybe it's an extra cup of coffee. If I want to have bacon and eggs, I make that instead. So it's not it's not religious by any means. What about but, working out? Do you work out every same time every day? No. Um, I know you're big on this or, you know, in and out. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> you would think being like athletes, both of us, that this is, you know, a lot of people assume if you're athletic or if you just work out, it's just easy to have a routine. And no, it's not. It's just human habits. I think it's not. There's nothing secret about it. So, yeah, to me, it's like once or twice a week, sometimes three or four if, if I count like a Peloton ride. Hmm. But in terms of weights, I'm really bad about getting to the gym or lifting weights to like build muscle. So to me, that that's an area I struggle with. Yeah. What about, do you have any like reading habits or podcasts, like any kind of a consuming habits? This is kind of a funny, a fun one for me to talk about because I think I, I've consumed more in the last year in terms of books and podcasts, but not on any schedule. Um, so audiobooks, I rarely finish finish them. Everyone thinks you have to finish a book. It's like, I think I heard some advice from someone saying what you shouldn't or should do and said, if you've gotten the point of the book, sometimes you're just wasting, you know, you're like struggling to get through and it's a slog. So don't always finish books. Listen to podcasts. Every time I drive somewhere, I try to limit the same music I've been listening to for 20 years. Um, but there's times too, where your brain's dead and you just want to listen to some music. So no habits there. I think it's just as I feel like I need a jump start in terms of like my inputs. Yeah. I assume you're the same when you're just like jumping on Reddit. Or <laughs> I, I send you a lot of stuff and I know you don't listen to half of it um, or three quarters of it, but I still try. Uh, I, I try to. I mean, I'm not big on consumption in general. Like I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't read. <coughs> I, I read for fiction maybe more than anything else just for that escapism. But like. Yeah, I've always been somebody that's more like, hey, you should just produce and kind of think your own thoughts and try and like, you know, consume when when you're seeking something, but not just for the sake of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of routine, man, some days I go to bed at 830 and fall asleep as I'm like putting my daughters to bed. I just like fall asleep in their bed and wake up at midnight and then I'm awake for a couple hours. Sometimes I stay up and watch some show or, you know, my wife and I just reconnect and talk until like 11, 12 o'clock and then I go to bed. I just wake up when I wake up. I don't have any alarm. Some days I get up early and get a workout in before work. Some days I'm going at lunch. Some days it's like, ah, it's 4.30, finishing up work. I better go and do something down in the garage and swing around some kettlebells just to break a sweat. Um, yeah, sometimes I eat oatmeal. Sometimes I eat cereal. Sometimes it's like just coffee in a granola bar. You know, I don't. I don't really have a ton of routine like i have this mentality towards healthy habits like i'm never just wolfing down junk food we don't have junk food in the house but um yeah very little routine and, and like i don't have focused heads downtime if i come in and there's stuff on slack where i'm like eh, somebody's waiting on answers to this i'm gonna just knock out a bunch of answers to slack and like answer emails before i dive into something deep like that's what i do i know some people say oh you got to knock out deep work first thing before other things intrude I don't know. I think it's like a mental muscle you can build up to uh, determine what's priority and then block out everything else and focus on that. That's one. That's one I've, I, I wanted, that's one I want to challenge for myself is to see the effects of handling 
kind of those bottlenecks or finding out what those questions are and trying to create systems around that. So like, because I think there's almost this sense, like I've been through phases where it is almost on autopilot. I just answer a bunch of like non-urgent Slack questions mm. or do just, I kind of putz around and do some things where I'm like, instead of turning everything off and trying to focus on the one thing. And sometimes it's work, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you still get pulled in or so. Mm that i that i want to build a habit of because yeah, yeah focus with slack i feel like sometimes we wouldn't even realize it but like maybe there's a reason why we haven't gotten to some important things that we say are important over maybe so maybe so and then don't get me wrong i'm a big believer in like turning on focus mode or do not disturb or whatever and just saying i am going to just solely think about this one thing for the next hour and a half like i do that all the time and then i got closed out on slack i closed down emails and that's what i focus on but I'm just saying, I don't think it's necessary for you to always say, I'm going to ignore the world until 10 a.m. Because sometimes that world is getting held up if you're if you're a key person in your company and they need some answer. Like, I, I just don't want to hold up anybody in our team, especially as our team grows, then it might be holding up something else downstream. So, um, yeah, but definitely believe in focus time. Like rules with exceptions, right? Where it's like mm. have have a habit, but then be able to be flexible and adapt. And I think that's where some, I don't want to just say engineers because it's not fair. I think certain people have a hard time saying it needs to be black or white. It needs to just be like, I need to be all in or I'm not going to even like right. subscribe to that theory. But that's kind of the world we live in right now is all or nothing. And so I, I like the <laughs> idea of moderation of, yeah. yeah. In general, I try to stretch but I yeah. don't always stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try and be more healthy and not try and work out most days of the week. Try to, you know, have good, be surrounded by good food. Like the, those are all basic things that don't need a routine and like rigid discipline to do. Let's go down this path of simplicity because is it a core? I think it's a core human need. Do you think it is of over complex or trying to over complexify things by are we just like all trying to keep busy and have novel ideas when in reality, if me and you tweeted every day, Hey, eat green things, get your heart rate up, sweat every day and talk about your feelings. No one's going to retweet that. If we just <laughs> tweeted that every day, right? There's gotta be something new. You gotta, you gotta have podcast listeners. You gotta sell books, right? I think a lot of, I mean, that's what the world is, right? Just people trying to become influencers. And so you gotta have, something maybe a little bit extreme for somebody to listen. And it's, are there any know. habits or points in your life where you did have kind of rigid habits where you felt there was outsized gains? Like, did you, did you have periods where you're like, man, I'm glad I like was very disciplined about that. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I just, I'm not a structured person by nature. And so, I mean, there's been times in my life, like when I was in my 20s in San Diego, I remember my buddy and I were just like, yep, we're going to surf every day. Like, that's just what we're going to do for this this whole season and see what happens. And it wasn't like it was there'd be days where we're like, eh, no, it's flat today. Let's not. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty tired from volleyball yesterday. Let's not. But like, is that discipline? I don't know. Some It was just an intention, right? There's intentionality there. I've had phases where I've eaten oatmeal for breakfast, salad for lunch, working out at 3 p.m. every day. And I think there was some gains to be had, but for you know, it didn't sustain for whatever reason. And I think that reason is life, like kids, different, you know, like 
even the changing of the seasons and it's like, oh, well now it's getting dark at 4.30 p.m. So I'm, I'm gonna go for a walk at 3 p.m. instead. And so I just feel like it's important to be very adaptable and you know, like it's easier for me to get up early when it's summertime and it's the light is, you know, shining in the window at 5 a.m. Right now, no, I get up at seven o'clock, 7.30 because that's when it starts getting light in my bedroom. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with saying, oh, I'll work out in midday as opposed to morning. And, and that'll shift when daylight savings hits. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a, yeah, there's been periods of several months where you can say, okay, some gains are happening. But um, I don't know if I've stuck with anything for like years and years to say, ooh, that is part of the secret sauce. I don't know if there is a secret sauce other than like, what we've talked about at length of just, hey, you got to get up, put your work boots on and get to work every day. You got to show up in the gym and then the rest, you know, then you'll do the workout. The rest takes care of itself. Like, I think just consistently showing up matters far more than all these different little things that you think are bigger. How do people, how do you think we should all think about, you know, because you mentioned like, okay, a couple of days might go by, you know, may spend a few hours on, you Reddit or YouTube, or I may not eat healthy for a day or two, but then it stops. Like where you have a bound, you know, you and I, I think both have a clear boundary of when something's kind of getting away from us. I'd be willing to bet there's people where it's a lot tougher, where it's like a few days turns into a week, two weeks, and then all of a sudden you're out of shape or overweight right. or not doing anything. Like how, what is that mechanism that stops it before it runs away? It's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know if I have an answer to that. I think, you know, there's just a sense of like, oh, I had like some shitty food over the weekend. I'm going to go a little bit healthier this week. You know, have a few more salads for lunch. There's that sense of like, ah, oh, I'm looking at in the mirror and I, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing my abs like I used to. I got to get back to whatever it is. And like, maybe it's just that attachment, that anchoring back to like some past peak self. And if you don't have that, then maybe it's it's hard to to compare what, what is it for you? How do you get the sense that you need to get back on track? I don't know. We're kind of brainstorming on the fly here. I, I, I have a hunch that it's almost an identity that's held onto. So it's just like the story I've told myself for a long time is I'm an in shape person. So then when something right. starts to feel like it stretches and gets away from that, it's kind of like, Oh, got to rein it back in because that's who, that's who I am. And so I, I wonder if people do that on the negative side of like, mm. oh, I'm just out of shape. So then when they get in shape, it's almost like a self-sabotage thing of like, oh, I got to get back to my identity of, you know, being the out of shape person and the story they tell themselves. So maybe that, it is those positive reinforcing stories. Yeah, because that's what they say about habits. It's like if you say I'm a healthy person, then you tend to make healthy choices. You're not like a person that has a salad every day. You're you're a healthy person and therefore you'll probably have more salads than sloppy burgers, right? That's what healthy so, people do. Yeah, healthy yeah. people eat salads. And that's interesting, you know, and I think we both identify with that athletic mentality and, and we both compete at like high level tournaments throughout the year. So there's also this sense of, eh, I can't get too off track because in another few weeks, we're going to be playing against people that, you know, they're in some of the tournaments we play in, there's pro players that, you know, they'll kick our ass, but like if we can hang and make it competitive, that's an accomplishment for us. Yeah. And um, that to me is like, I think about that when I'm like, oh, I didn't work out for a couple of days. When's the next tournament? And I look on the calendar and I'm like, okay, I got, let's get back to like a, a good workout routine, right? 
And so maybe it is just having stuff scheduled. That's why people schedule marathons like a year out because mm. it's going to make me run for the next nine or 12 months so that I don't feel like a total ass when I'm showing up at the, at right. the starting line. Right. I do, I will say there is something to scheduling something because it eliminates the decision in the moment. Cause there's definitely lots of days where I was going to work out and then I'm forced with that decision at like four o'clock. Like, uh, do I go, do I not? And then I don't. And so sometimes I, sometimes I experiment with putting things on my calendar just to see if I'm like, if it makes me more likely to do it. But again, I, it's, that's also stressful sometimes to have like a fully regimented calendar and it's just like things come up, you know, yeah. you got to grocery shop or do something else. So, um, I, I've, I've had stints of like, I occasionally like maybe once a month will meditate in bed for like a minute, you know, for a while there, I tried to do it every day. It just got way too hard mm -hmm. or I forgot, right. I always fall asleep. So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just take a few deep breaths before bed and then it helps me sleep. And like, that's, that's enough, you know, whereas some people say like, you got a minute, meditate for a minute, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how about 13 seconds? Sometimes it's, it's probably better than nothing. What do you have on the Do you have any unhealthy habits where you're like, I, I genuinely want to cut down on this or stop. Hmm. I, I, I always want to like stand more instead of sit on the Cause I always end up doing weird shit with my legs where I'm like sitting on top of one. And then I've had hip issues for the past couple of years that are finally starting to get better. But like, yeah, I, I just want to try and stand more. I don't know if science will see if, if this is a healthy habit. I think it's kind of a new fad and we'll see if this ends up being healthy, but mixing sitting and standing, I feel like just overall, I feel better in, in the oh. day if I'm doing a mix. I haven't showed you this before. Check this out. Whoa. So it's like, a, it's like a kneeling chair because <laughs> it was really cheap too. But I, I, I like lean forward with my knees and my feet backward um, yeah. because I was dying. Like my back was dying sitting in a regular chair. So I've, I've gone through four chairs in the last two months. Yeah, we bought so those. Me rocking, it's because this chair rocks and, and I'm sitting here with my knees in front of me like a weirdo. Does it engage your core? Is that? Yeah. You can yeah. feel the core being engaged and and then the seat is slanted like this. So your hip, your your you know, your yeah. your legs tilt down. So so far so good. I, I do this mixed with standing up, but nice. Again, experimentation. Yeah. I remember I used to have like kind of the big ball chair when we had the office, and that was nice. Those are undefeated. Core. What's that? Those are undefeated to me. Those are great because yeah, yeah, there's you you like have to stay balanced. Right, right. So that's that's one habit. Um, other habits, man. So the other stuff to me is kind of like a function of like where we're at in the parenting journey where, you know, like one of our kids are still kind of cuddling with at night, co-sleeping. Um, and so that, that's what disrupts sleep. I'd love to get more sleep. I think that's one of the things that you can't say you can like just skip on. Right. I don't think there's like apparently genetically there's 10% of the population that has some gene that lets them get by in less sleep, like five to seven hours instead of like seven to eight. Um, I'm not one of those people. And so I would love to get more sleep because when I do, I feel just smarter, wittier, more like myself. And frankly, the last few years have been pretty rough on that. So, I mean, I'm having like 
grace and acceptance that like, yeah, this is where we're at in the parenting journey. And because of some of our parenting philosophies, we're sacrificing some sleep for what we hope is like a greater good thing. Um, debatable, but that's our, that's what we're, we're thinking. And, um, and so, yeah, I'd love to get more sleep, but some of that requires the cooperation of our daughters. <laughs> and so I can't really say that's like some routine that I need to work on. Um, we can't sell in the next like two, we have to let you get out of this tunnel. So then like, we're going to just get to a billion in revenue <laughs> as soon as you get sleep again, because there's going to be this huge snapback effect of you just see like uh, being on NZT. I think once you get eight hours of sleep consistently, so we gotta, we gotta hold out. Maybe I'm wrong though. All those years where I didn't get consistent sleep didn't amount to a ton of accomplishment in my life. It's only been since like this kid journey started. So maybe there's something to be said for uh, depriving yourself of sleep. Kind of like when you're in a, it's like kind of drunk and you feel like you're, you're at that good intersection of like, I'm wittier, I'm funnier, but I'm not sloppy yet. Maybe that's what <laughs> I've been existing for the last five years. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> how about how about you? What what bad habits are you trying to get out? I think you know that internal voice or clock when you're on pick your social media and you're like, okay, this is where I should go to sleep, or this mm -hmm. is where I probably should close it down. I I will linger and read a few more Reddit posts yeah. or watch another YouTube video. Um, past that voice of like, okay, I had my junk food. Like I had my okay. digital junk food, let it go. So that, um, I check CNBC when I wake up, when I'm having coffee. Um, it's like the casino that's open every morning. So mm -hmm. it's like, I, I check what stocks are doing. And even though I'm mostly invested for the long term, oh, so me like, too. I, yeah, I still look and feel that roller coaster ride. So it's, I, yeah, like I, I, I do that too. And I'm not sure if, if I, view that as bad or not like to me it's kind of like a data point because I've, i'm never like freaking out like oh i should sell i should buy like i just i have an auto invest schedule i don't really think about it but um yeah i wonder if that's something of constantly checking it, if that is just like intrusive thoughts on your brain that you don't need to have i don't know do you think it is for you well it was when i was just staring at tickers for like 20 minutes while sipping coffee i actually i actually um experimented with getting cnbc pro which is like gives you access to like all these interviews and like investment professionals and ceos or whatever where they talk about their businesses and so like i'll listen to those interviews and, and learn about like steel prices or learn about how chip manufacturers are thinking about their business so i'm like okay let me learn something and i'm not just mm -hmm. staring at the price of apple like you know wondering if yeah. it's going to go up or down so i'm enjoying that in terms of just the, the the broader investment world. It's like if I can learn something great, but I mean, I still mm -hmm. stare at the ticker symbols for like ten minutes. At, yeah, at the open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I eat tiramisu every once in a while. Like we'll get a big block of it from Whole Foods, and I just feel fat as fuck after I eat it. So like <laughs> I'll eat like half of a big block of it sometimes in a night, and then <laughs> feel shitty the next day. Be like, okay, not buying that for another month. Yeah. And then I won't buy it. And then I'll eat salad for the next like seven days. But do you really think it's like super detrimental to do that? Like once a month? No, no, no. Right. It's like, you don't, that's what I don't get nowadays. People think it has to be so extreme. Like I haven't had a carb in years. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's silly to me. It's silly. Like it's okay to indulge. We're not going to kill. What did we eat growing up? Do you remember our teenage years of it was like, 
Cheetos, Flaming Hot, you know, like candy it, snacks. Yeah, you know, I like Patch Kids, Mountain Dew. We'd order pizzas and play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I, I played Dungeons and Dragons. You were probably out like talking to girls or something. I but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that you know, and and somehow we survived, and we feel like we're fairly healthy people now. So. If we could have done, if we did that for like a decade of, of the 90s, surely once a month having some whole foods, probably pure ingredients, tiramisu ain't bad. No. And we don't, you and I don't have any diets. We're not paleo, keto. I, I'm like, I try to be mostly gluten free. But again, like if I want pasta, I'm going to eat some pasta because I love it. And so it's just almost like a, one of those general rules. Is that how you think about diet is get a little bit of everything. Just moderation, yeah. Just you know, don't eat too much crap. But like, yeah, if a bag of chips shows up in the house, that shit's devoured. <laughs> you get some chips and queso every once in a while. I don't beat myself up. That, that's yeah. amazing. It tastes so good. But yeah, overall, I, I I think yeah, try and eat more vegetables and fruits. Try and have you know sensible meals. I'm trying to eat like less meats over time. You know, it's like yeah, we'll have like two vegetarian meals a week for dinner. But yeah, we'll still have like red meat every week. We'll still have several chicken meals throwing a fish meal for you know every now and then and that's kind of to me it's like pretty good moderation i think it could be you know maybe less red meat more fish but um i really love the taste of beef <laughs> and so there's I, i'm not going crazy the steaks that we get are small they're quality i get the satiation but um yeah overall i don't beat myself up i don't worry about gluten i try and minimize sugars but like i'll still you know like i put stevia in my coffee instead of sugar in the morning but like yeah i'll still have some some candy with my kids sometimes i don't i'm not yeah. like a, a nazi over it i think that's the benefit of having activity be a, a, a constant in our in our lives and so even if it's once or twice a week i think i don't know if it offsets it it's probably not the right way to think but it Makes you not feel as bad, whereas you feel like the, if you feel like things just pile up because your heart rate hasn't been up in two weeks, that that feels tough, a tough like a tough way to yeah to live. How about, how about workout routine? Do you have like programs or things that you follow or some like goals for muscle mass or body fat or waist size or anything like that? <laughs> no, and nothing at all. Like literally, I do. I wander around the gym and I play. In, I played college basketball. You know, had routines for a long part of my life, whereas a program I had to stick to. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if there's any bounce back function from that, but like, I'll just like look at a machine and be like, oh, I feel like doing that today and go do that. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do legs. And I start doing arms. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing full body today. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I should just jump on the treadmill for a good 10 minutes. Uh, and so I'm, probably the worst example of like a fitness routine or regimen. I'm like, huh, Peloton, maybe I'll just go stretch. I'll take a walk. And then I end up like driving to the gym at five o'clock and then benching and then squatting. I, yeah. Fucking random. And, How about you? <laughs> and I just want to point out too that, yeah, you, you played college basketball. You had a brief pro stint overseas and now, you know, you and I will place in the top, what top 25 volleyball players in our, in our region. And it's with this very moderate approach. And so I just want to, I, I just want people to feel like, Hey, what you're doing is probably okay. Like you don't need to go like so full tilt just to accomplish anything. Yeah. If you want to be like a top professional, maybe you have to do things a little bit more refined, a little bit more disciplined. 
but I feel like we're kind of like, yeah, we're maybe above average dudes doing above average things. And that's like a pretty happy place to be. Yeah. And my advice to people is like, assume a lot of these motherfuckers are lying on social media about their routines <laughs> and how often, how much they stick to it. I guarantee they don't post when they eat tiramisu or when they like for skip a workout. They just yep. don't post that day. And so I, <laughs> I don't know. It makes people yeah. feel bad about themselves, man. And that's why I guess I'm, maybe I'm sounding like maybe we're getting old is why, you know, I'm getting so <laughs> critical of social media of just like, just makes people feel shitty. Yeah. Yeah. But no, like my, my workout routine. I mean, I, it, it's always back and forth. Like right now I signed up with my wife's um, kind of boot camp gym, um, burn boot camp, and it's legit. Not burn boot camp. Yeah. They are awesome. And, they, you know, they have like a program for six days of the week. And I just kind of, I show up They, you know, they have kids care. So my wife and I can go together. We'll get a workout in together. And it's like, <clears throat> when I'm in there, I push so hard. I'm sweatier than I am doing. Like, I, I can't get that sweaty doing anything else on my own if I tried. And so I know there's some power to like the group setting, the social dynamics, um, just being around other people. Um, but I also have a home gym. So if I don't make it, because there's days that I don't make it. Then I'll, I'll lift. I try and do like a, you know, maybe chest and triceps and then next day biceps and back and then next day legs. But I'm not like, you know, if it just feels like, ah, oh, I feel like I haven't used my chest in a while. I'm going to just like do a day of a bunch of bench press and incline bench and whatever. Um, if a volleyball tournament's coming up, I might not use my legs for the few days, like in a heavy lifting way, but just do like some jump roping or something just to stay like, not sore, but still get the blood flow and feel loose. So I don't know. I guess I just have this intuitive sense of like what I think I should do. And I don't know if I'm super optimized. I think I'm sitting at like, you know, 14% body fat. I feel like my muscle mass is like enough to feel good, but not like I'm not weighing myself down and putting too much impact on my joints. And I don't feel like scrawny like I did when I was a teenager. So I don't know. I feel pretty generally good. Like I don't need to have like these crazy goals. Maybe I'll shave off a percent of body fat if it just happens by going to the boot camp more often. But um, yeah. How do you measure it? How do you measure it? Oh, we have one of those scales. It's probably super imprecise, but it sends like electrical currents through your body and it just tells you, you know, this is your current percentage. Is 14 I think, good? I, I've never measured it before. I don't know. It's, like most dudes probably sit between 10 and 20. Okay. I think like athletes, like people where you can see like an eight pack of abs, they're probably at like sub 10%. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh, cool. It's, it's, it seems like a healthy thing to track and know. Yeah. It's something, right? Like it's nice to have numbers and I don't obsess over them. I think the danger that you hear is people obsess over the scale and like <clears throat> when they eat something, they're just thinking about, Oh, is this going to like make me get, you know, fatter, raise the number on the scale. I just find it interesting. Like I observe it with a kind of a detached interest of like, oh, some of the stuff I've been doing lately is like making me drop a few pounds. That's interesting. And then I kind of take a mental note. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think there's like healthy and unhealthy relationships with like numerical representations. Um, yeah. And, and we can get it, you know, I mean, the entire American culture around like superficiality and it's that's a deep topic that we probably won't explore this time. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as opposed to having body mind, body awareness, listening to kind of what your body's telling you, what your brain's telling you like that seems like the, the healthier approach. 
and just comparing you to you. I think so many people are like in a comparison game, whereas I'm just like, huh, this feels pretty good for me considering I'm a 41 year old male. Like I'm, I'm not that far off from like when I was 27 and playing volleyball five days a week and surfing in the mornings. And like, if that's like a hundred percent, Mike, I'm yeah, okay. I'm like 85%. And that's a pretty good spot to be for where I'm at and all the things that we're juggling. Right. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't waste energy, waste mental cycles on, on stuff that you can't change. Can't change other mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So, well, cool, man. I, I don't know if I have anything else other than life's messy and most people probably are like this that are that consider themselves maybe in, in tech or high functioning, but maybe show that they are like better or cooler than you or do more shit than you. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, like we're not. dudes with the same flaws and weaknesses as everybody else. And we have been able to, to get to here, right? We have a company where people are offering us $50 million to buy. And that's like pretty awesome. And I don't think we did all these things that all these Silicon Valley people and podcasters are saying you have to do to be successful. And so I, I hope people take, take, you know, get encouraged and take heart that like, Hey, you can do this too. And be, and stay around people that just keep it real and just talk mm -hmm. about the ups and downs. Because I think when you do circle, you create your circle of influencers or people that are all trying to sell an ebook they're kind of all just putting that facade forward as opposed to actual founders that maybe don't care about fame as much mm. or um just people that keep it real with you so yeah cool all right good stuff thank you everybody talk to you next time See you next time